All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Screwheads Talk Horror Movies. I'm Screwhead Dan. And I'm Screwhead Andrew. And we're here once again to dissect this member and discuss horror movies. Today's horror movie is going to be the 2021 Japanese horror remake of uh, the Cube movie, which off the top of my head, I can't remember when that came out. I think it was uh, like 80s? early 2000s. Wait, no, definitely not the 80s. The no, 90s? No, Wait, going. the original Cube? Uh, let's see. Let's find out, actually. I think like it's going to be 90s. Cube, Cube. 97. 97. Ooh, there we go. All right, cool. Uh, Canadian horror movie, too, which is pretty cool. Oh, look at that. We're we're, we're going all all over the continent today, or country. World, globe. There we go, that one. (laughs) Yeah, it is the Canadian Film Center's first feature project. Ooh. Oh, look at that. Ooh, interesting. Interesting. Uh, But yeah, no, I remember because people were talking about Canadian horror movies, and this was always struck up the best. But anyway, uh, that's that. So, Andrew, how are we doing today? I am doing pretty good, man. Uh, I don't know if you've seen that new trailer for Prey, the new Predator movie. But it, yes. it looks fucking amazing. So, yeah, I'm excited, definitely. I think it's just really, really cool that they uh, are redubbing the movie in the native language. Yeah, well, they're, 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 indigenous not, people. they're not even dubbing it. Mm-hmm. It's not. They're not redubbing it. They actually filmed it in both languages. Are you sure? Yeah. I think like, I heard the opposite. But you no, definitely know more about Predator I, than I do. So. I, I, I could be wrong, but the reporting I heard was that, was that they, they filmed it in both languages. So they filmed them saying it in cool. Comanche and they filmed it, which was interesting because you almost kind of get two movies, I feel like, mm-hmm. depending on what language. Like, I, like, it, it, seems, that scene, like, it seems more, it would make more sense for me if they just dubbed it. But what I heard the reporting was that they filmed it in both ways, which seems interesting to me. Because like, what if you get a better take in one language than another? I don't know. Um, yeah, interesting. I, I hope it's that because that would be awesome. But yeah, I, I love I love that they're doing the in Comanche. That's insane. Mm-hmm. When's that coming out again? Is that the next month? Next uh, August eighth, I want to say. Woo-hoo, two months away. Sweet. I know. My 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 uh, consolence comes in the fact that if I I'm going to the Azores in August, and if the plane crashes, I'll at least have seen Prey before I died. So like, <laughs> hopefully it's a good movie. Um, I will say I'm loving the Predator design. Um, people, I forget it's called like the Feral Predator. I think I think it looks awesome. Uh, I'm really pumped for it. Yeah, I'll definitely. No, I, I just like that they're going back to that whole you know predators, hunters, that sort of thing too. That's the only thing they kind of take away, but uh, pretty cool. Yeah, and it's you know, and like it seems like there's there's no they're not on the hunt for autism this time. So that's yes, great. <laughs> you know, I, I'm, always I, a step up there. It seems like it'll pro- hopefully be a little bit more respectful. Um, and I do love that like. So it seems that they're doing the, the so they'll show the Comanche, but also show it looks like I think it's supposed to be French traders or uh, the French the French the French fur traders I guess are also present, and that's like the police with guns at some point. So I like that idea mm-hmm. of like showing kind of the predator in the middle of this conflict that's already kind of going on of advanced technology versus kind of primitive technologies, which is kind of the predator kind of you know dabbles in uh, the, some of the themes of it. Uh, so I like that idea. Yeah, definitely. Uh, speaking of horror movies, did you see the new image of Ryan Gosling in the Barbie movie as Ken? Uh, did not, but is it, is it horrific? Oh, it is amazing. I'm going to go ahead and send this over to you right now. They just released one of the promo images. Oh, I just Googled it. Oh, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Okay, sweet, 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 sweet. Ken, Ryan Gosling, I am sending it to you right now. Let's get our unabashed reactions Holy shit, is that really him? That's really him. Okay, first off, damn, 
<laughs> Bro's ripped. Uh, but also, I've never seen him look more like... Um, Frick, what was his character in... Uh... Damn, what was his character in the Titans? He, he's never looked more like him. I think he had... I think he, like... I don't know, he looks very young in, with, with, with the dyed blonde hair. Uh, and he looks very much like the, uh, the character he played in... Um... Oh, Alan. There we go. Alan, that's his name from uh, Remember the Titans. So this is great. It's good stuff. Wait, so good is, stuff. is this like... Is, is Are they playing the figures? Like, Is this like a toy story in real life or are they just characters who like who are modeled off the story of barbie no idea honestly okay. like the only thing i've seen is the margot robbie promo picture of barbie which looks very spot on and of course we have ken right here which is very spot on i think my favorite then is just ken along the line of his boxers like it's a calvin klein uh, boxer yeah. brief sort of situation i love it it's great he looks ridiculous and it's i'm all for it and all the pink pastels and everything like that. It's so obnoxious. I love it so much. Yeah, that, that is that is awesome. Like, good, great casting. I have, I, and I have faith in the movie. I feel, I feel like it's going to be like a... Uh, I feel like it'll be kind of like a Lego movie where it's just surprisingly amazing. But, hope, but probably a little more raunchy, I'm assuming. Yeah, if they lean into it, definitely. Like, they know what they're working with. They can kind of have a little bit more freedom on that front. So hopefully it'll come on in and it'll, uh, you know, end up being a pretty decent watch. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So and, otherwise, and, let's see. Yeah, and another is going to ask, uh, how do you uh, how, how do you feel about the new Resident Evil uh, four news? Yeah, definitely. I am excited. Honestly, I think we should just do like a Resident Evil episode where we just talk about our history with the series and all the uh, just you know the, the 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 movies, the video games, that sort of thing, and just kind of see where the discussion takes us. Uh, we can invite some other people on for that. Maybe I think that would be an episode that lends itself to a lot of discussion. Anyway, uh, yeah, no, the yeah. Resident Evil 4 rumor, uh, remake has been rumored for a long time now. It was announced uh, just a few days ago behind this, uh, for this recording, and uh, they started giving a little bit more information back and forth. I am just worried about the campiness. I really, really hope they keep the campiness, but at the same time, kind of keep the tone. But again, they did a great job with the 2 and 3 remake, so I have uh, pretty high faith in Capcom to do the right thing for this one right now. But I, um, I like that it's, they're yeah. calling it a reimagining, not just a remake. So they are going to, like, I think they're going to mess the story a little bit to try to maybe tie it into some of the other games, maybe make it a little bit more of a through line. Because I feel like remember Resident Evil 4, when it first came out, everyone was like, what the fuck is this? And like they tried to explain it later, kind of retcon stuff, and be like, oh, it's the Juvago is this, and this is now tied into here. So I think I like mm-hmm. that they're trying to explain it a little bit. They're trying to make it a little bit more, like, tied into the series. And, like, apparently fans are pissed, because if you see the trailer, Ada doesn't have her signature dress on. And it's like, yeah, it makes sense that she's probably not wearing that same dress she wore in the second game, right? She, she probably changes her clothes <laughs> at some point and wouldn't be wearing a dress in the middle of some freaking, like, abandoned, gross-ass town in the middle of nowhere. Like, right? That makes sense. <laughs> but apparently oh, people are pissed. No, 100%. Yeah, 100%. I mean, like, Resident Evil is always... 4 is definitely, I would say, probably the cheesiest in the series. I can't think of anything. Definitely not 5. Definitely not 6. Oh, what about no, 5? Are you, say, are you saying it's cheesier than 5? No, I think 5 tried, took itself a lot more seriously. Like, yeah, they did have the, you know, punching a boulder scene and everything like that, too. But they never had a moment where it was just like, oh, your your right hand comes off, ha, 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 ha. Nothing like that. that that's true. Though, do you see they're doing the VR remake for uh, Resident Evil's Village? Yes, yes, I was wanting to talk about that next, too. Uh, yeah, no, I'm really excited about that, too. I am very surprised, pleasantly surprised, that they're going with 
um, an actual time skip, and they're going with Rose's story uh, for the DLC because yeah. that was the plot thread at the end of Eight that everyone was just kind of confused about or curious about, and I'm surprised that they're jumping into it right away. I thought for sure that would be like the setup for RE9. But again, Resident Evil is a series that likes to reinvent itself every so often. And that's what I love about it, too. They're not really afraid to, you know, make risks and take up the change up the entire genre, which is pretty cool. That, uh, but still it, keeping that identity, identity of the series, too. Mm-hmm. That does make me wonder, though, because I know they talked about that there been the Winter Family Trilogy. So, like, they, so I don't know if the plan is, because it seems like this is almost going to be her, like, losing her powers or losing her investiture with the mylocytin my, 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 the, the fucking mold shit like <laughs> it seems that this no, is becoming that yeah no i think for this one it's uh from what i understand from the uh, trailer it's uh gonna be like a more of a mental thing it's gonna be all in her head which allows like the environment to mess with her a little bit more it might be an evil within situation um where there's some sort of like i don't know brain stuff that comes on in and uh, she's basically trapped in her own head, uh, which uh, might be pretty interesting. So yeah, I'm excited to see the creative shit they come up to uh, on that front. And yeah, I, I really liked Village. Um, I like Seven better, but I really liked Village as well. And it's always been a series that yeah has always been pretty consistent. Like there there are duds definitely, but even even the duds you know have some interesting aspects to them. So you're saying that they really need to remake Code Veronica? Uh, they need to take out Steve. Like what? Steve was great. Steve was not great. Well, <laughs> well, but see, I feel like Steve was like one of the few times we have a character in a series who is like present for the whole time and then dies, and you have to like kill him. Like that was great. You had to kill Steve at the end. That was like an that emotional was thing. He was just a very, very annoying character. Oh yeah, no, like rewrite him uh-huh. to be a better character. Like, like uh, don't, don't, don't get rid of him, but just make him good. Like you know, make him a good character. I'm okay with that. <laughs> Definitely now. Um, yeah, now I always thought Code Veronica was really overrated. I know people were just like, oh, it's the true Resident Evil 3, and the actual Resident Evil 3 is just a little bit of a side story, blah, 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 blah. But yeah, I don't know. I, just, Wait, really? I didn't like the backgrounds. Yeah. Oh, God, I've never. That was. Okay, so yes, it was a big gaming rumor that was perpetuated for a long, long time where Sony um, apparently had a deal where they were promised three Resident Evil games. And when they started developing it, Code Veronica apparently was supposed to be the Resident Evil 3, but there was some legal issue with that, so they decided to repurpose a lot of assets for Resident Evil 2, um, and then just reform it as Resident Evil 3, which Resident Evil 3 was great, but definitely very short, and had a lot of reused assets on that front. Um, But at the same time, too, I do remember some other Resident Evil superfans saying that that story is not 100% true. Um, and it's just one of those things, like the Michael Jackson Sonic thing, where there's really never been direct confirmation either way. Wait, is so, Michael Jackson going to be in Sonic? Uh, no, the Sonic uh, composed the music for Sonic 3. Wait, really? Oh my god, dude. Okay, so... <laughs> so yes, Sonic the Hedgehog 3. Um, what happened was apparently, and again, this is all allegedly because nothing was ever confirmed, uh, but apparently while Sonic 3 was being developed... Michael Jackson uh, wanted to, was a huge fan of Sonic the Hedgehog, and he wanted to compose a few tracks uh, for Sonic the Hedgehog 3. And apparently he wasn't too happy with the sound quality of the Sega Genesis, (laughs) or some other reason, so he pulled out of the deal entirely. 
However, the music, you know, was still in there. He had still composed it, and they ended up using it anyway uh, for that. They just didn't attribute it to his him. They did. They put it under a fake name or something like that as the composer. Um, so that's why Sonic the Hedgehog 3 has always been a little bit iffy in terms of re-releases and that sort of thing, because it's a weird rights issue where, like, the original Sonic the Hedgehog 3, yes, they can use those tracks, but something like, you know, a re-release later on down the line, it's a little bit of a gray area. Uh, they actually are releasing Sonic the Hedgehog 3 in the Sonic Origins compilation, which should come out fairly soon, I remember. And uh, they actually changed the music to the uh, more prototype music, so... Damn, I need to go Yeah, that was a huge thing. You gotta listen to those jams. I, I bet, like, I want to take a record of them. No, I wanna, I wanna know. Yeah, uh, Ice Cap Zone. That was uh, apparently him. Uh, the Carnival Zone, the credits. Um, like, the, the, you can see that there's definitely a lot of interesting influence back and forth. The Sack the Hedgehog 3 credits on is basically the same beat as Stranger in Moscow. So, it's, uh, it's interesting. I really hope that the Sonic Movie 3. Uh, uses that at some point. I don't know, gets yes. gets his music and has like Sonic Bay. Wow. What a great soundtrack. God, those movies were so good. They were so much better than they have every any right to be. Uh I mean they have every right to be amazing. What I'm just you know <laughs> it's gonna be great. I'm just waiting for Sonic to kiss the princess and uh yeah, it'll be great. It'll be great. Uh, yes. Anyway, right. uh, sign for the frontiers looks like trash. So How that's the last time I'm gonna say. Alright. So back back to the the you know the Topic, of topic at hand. So, Cube. Yeah, you were the Cube. one who suggested this movie, so go ahead and introduce it to us. Yeah, so I suggested Cube as another audible. Uh, I know we audibled last time from uh, Battle Royale, uh, but I was hoping to have time to... Uh, I bought this book, which is like a book of essays about uh, people's experience with the Battle Royale uh, series, so I thought maybe it has, has some fun like things to talk about and use in our discussion. I'm about halfway through the book, and so far the essays are all fucking terrible, and it's clearly a cash grab. And every essay is somebody just being like, I remember when I saw it when I read Battle Royale. I was really cool. I remember I saw a time somebody died when I was a kid. What a weird coincidence. Done. And then we're going to be that people when we uh, actually uh, do it. We're going to talk about our experience on it when we saw it. No, there's a worse, though. There's are so bad. Like, I, I'm hoping at the end there'll be something good. I feel like maybe they're, they're distracting me at the bad ones at the beginning. But, like, wow, what a waste of a book. Um, but anyway, so I suggested Cube because I know that, uh, I think we mentioned on the podcast at one point, or you told me, I think you informed me about it, that Cube, they're doing a Japanese remake. And I was really interested in, in, mm-hmm. in it because I feel like, um, to me, it just lended, the, it's a very simple idea uh, that, and I think um, a lot of kind of Japanese horror does really interesting things with kind of, uh, using uh, CG and kind of creating interesting depths and stuff. So I was very curious to see what they did with it. I thought it would be really uh, appropriate uh, franchise for to be remade. And I think that the cultural uh, additions would be really interesting, especially like just kind of the cinematic history of Japan kind of to utilize uh, based on like what I've seen from them. Uh, I thought it would be really a cool concept. So I was, you know, thought we'd put that forward while we wait for me to read through this terrible book. Um <laughs> Uh, Dan, what were your uh, experiences with the first Cube film? Uh, sure, absolutely. So the very, very first Cube movie, I actually downloaded it back in high school. Huh. Um, and I do remember it. Like, it was a movie that sticks out very vividly, not for the movie itself, but just like the life experience I was going through at the time. 
Um, so in high school, I was actually going through my very first breakup and, you know, obviously I was a complete mess because I was in high school and the world was ending and she was my first girlfriend and everything like that. And it was terrible. But I do remember like the weekend after the breakup happened, I sat down and I watched all three of the Cube movies that were out at this time. (laughs) And it's just such a strong connection to me at this point that every single time I see any reference to the the Cube series, I kind of get a reference on that front right there. So I did see the original Cube. I saw Cube 2, Hypercube, and then I also saw the uh, direct-to-DVD Cube Zero as well. What about you? What are your experiences with this movie? So the first time, the first one I actually saw ever was Hypercube, um, and I remember very distinctly watching uh, um, this couple, one of them in a red dress, got, like, bumped, yeah. bumped into a room, and they, like, because I think Hypercube was all, like, time and like space time where all the different cubes so it wasn't like practical it traps all over the place yeah. um and this couple basically died having sex in zero gravity <laughs> and i was like what the fuck is going on <laughs> yeah because so I, I remember the sci-fi channel like really really promoted it and for some reason that particular scene was all over the commercials oh yeah that was mm-hmm. uh, that was where i watched it. i was probably on the sci-fi channel um and so i remember that and then i went back later and watched it um and yeah, i really enjoyed it I, I thought it was a i think it's a very interesting film i think it's like a fun kind of like character film um you know it's, it's nothing too flashy there's not any crazy gore um but i think it's you know it's one of those movies that like i feel like it keeps you watching keeps you interested um and it, you know kind of like i forget what the other movie just we did recently uh what movie did we do recently that was really that went things went by really fast i guess the movie just goes by really quickly i can't remember what the one we did recently where the same thing was but uh i feel it just goes by real fast it's you know it seems very well made yeah definitely um I don't know, could it have been Tucker and Dale versus Evil? I think that's what we're Oh, yeah, that was definitely, time. yeah, you're right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Flew right by. Yeah. So my impressions of the series, uh, Cube was a solid horror movie. Like, you could tell they were working with an extremely limited budget. There's basically only two sets. Um, in terms of the movie, they actually built two huge cubes, and then they had a system rigged up where they could change the lighting at will, and that was basically the entire movie. Everything else was a little bit of CG, and then a very bright light at the very end, which, you know, could have been anything uh, to go ahead and create that. So very, very low-budget movie. Um, but uh, they did well with the concept, and I thought it was a pretty pretty decent movie. I always do like the horror movies when a whole bunch of people are trapped in a location together, and they have to figure out a way to escape and work together to kind of get hunt out. I think that is one of my favorite subgenres of horror, especially if they don't tell you or you don't have any sense of what they're going through at that time. It's, it makes it a lot more interesting. Hmm. Um, but that was that. Cube 2, Hypercube, I believe this was Sci-Fi, Club, or Sci-Fi Channel. No, 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 it was but the same thing as well. I, th- I do remember the Sci-Fi Channel kind of picked this up at that point. Uh, I thought this one was a little bit more messy. Mm-hmm. They tried to go for the whole fourth dimension, quantum physics, nothing really makes sense, including you know the dimensions you're in. And I just remember, I don't feel like they could have gone as far as they could have. And then the ending was just kind of out of nowhere, too, which was interesting. Um, Yeah. But, yeah. And I remember, what I do remember for this one is the acting was really bad. Yeah. The the acting wasn't great in the first movie. Definitely not. But for some reason, it kind of worked for the movie. This one, maybe just because the environment and the cube itself was a lot cleaner and the CGI was a lot cleaner as well, the acting stood out more. Um, so, yeah, I guess that was it. Um, and then there was Cube Zero, which was a direct-to-DVD prequel. 
Um, it felt like a Stephen King movie. And I'm not talking about like a good Stephen King movie. I'm talking about the Mangler Stephen King movie. How dare you? Like that type of quality right there. Hey, I'm not I'm not knocking it. So I'm not knocking it. But like you remember the scene in the Mangler where the villain, like the one worker gets eaten and the guy with the eye patch or the glass eye or whatever it is, he's on the catwalk and he's just like, Hell's bells, stupid whore and he starts dancing basically out there and just hamming it up. You mean Robert England? Remember that one? Was that Robert England? Yeah. Oh my god, it's been... Nice. Okay. (laughs) That's basically what it is. It's been so long since I saw The Mangler. Uh, So yeah, apparently Freddy wasn't in. I learned something today. Uh, There's a character in that one just like that. Like that particular character from The Mangler. And it it cheeses it up so much. And you can tell like the budget is even less than the first movie in this one. And the writing isn't very good either. But I, I do feel it has the best kills in the series. And... The ending was a little bit interesting. Um, yeah. But it's it's kind of weird, though, when you then take that ending and then pop it back into Cube 1. <laughs> and you're like, oh. Yeah. Because, like, I don't think that was Kazan, but, like, it was a Kazan-like character. And you're kind of like... Yes, that's the impression I got, too. Hmm. Um, but the whole gimmick with Cube Zero, well, the, the first and second Cube, it's all from the perspective of the people trapped inside the Cube. And then if anybody escapes uh, during the plot, they don't show what happens afterwards. It's just nothing just the entire movie takes place in there uh cube zero does take a little bit behind the curtain um and i don't think they it was too interesting like it's one of those things where less is more um if they reveal too much you better make sure that it's actually interesting and they repealed back a little bit like it part of it is from from the perspective of some uh, workers for the cube and they're kind of like monitoring the people that are inside there and manipulating some of the doors and traps and that sort of thing too but even they don't know why they're doing it um so it was a little bit interesting that way but i i yeah i wasn't a huge fan of that one either yeah um so yeah it's one of those series that just steadily got worse and then we had the remake that was announced um anything you want to talk about for the uh, previous ones or do we jump right into the remake no i think that's like again i got like exactly what you said the first one's great the other two are just kind of eh. like you know they're they're worth watching for, to a degree but you know like nothing nothing special nothing if you missed them you didn't really miss anything mm-hmm. but yeah let's, let's hop into the into the remake so dan what are your uh, initial thoughts on the remake Yeah, Uh, so just to give you some general just what's going on with this, um, Japan decided to remake the original Cube, and they released it in 2021, and it basically is a straight remake of the first movie for the most part. Um, Some plot elements are kind of changed around, but for the most part, the same archetypes are still there. You've got, you know, your main character, you've got the older gentleman who knows everything, you've got the kid, you've got the girl character, um, and they're they're pretty close to their personalities from the first movie. Uh, The ending is slightly different, and the traps are different as well, but otherwise it's the same story beats for the most part. Um, Yeah, I I was honestly pretty bored with this movie. (laughs) How about you? Yeah, I was. I feel the same way. Like I was intrigued at first. Um, I liked kind of our main character to start off with, but like, I just feel like the characters in this were really dull and not very interesting. I feel like they were very much stereotypes. And not to say that the first one you got to know them very well, but I feel like they had very defined characteristics. And like, I feel like there's some character change through them and like reveals in the first in the original Cube. And this one, I feel like the characters we meet are just kind of who they are throughout the entire thing. 
Um, and like, you know, they, they you know, they, they copy some, like you said, there are a lot of beat for beat things. There are a few changes, like they leave out the character of Kazan. They kind of change the type of character who ends up going insane. Um, and they, you know, they, they have the weird reveal of the woman at the end. Um, but I, it, it just felt very dull to me. And I kind of felt like I got pricked everything that was going to happen when it happened. Like character, the twists of the character in this one, I knew it was going to happen right away. Well, I feel like the twist in the first one, the main the character who changes and becomes the villain actually was kind of the hero at the beginning. Um, mm-hmm. So I felt like that that was like an interesting change because it's the idea of people kind of going insane over time or, you know, like how I feel you really kind of saw the stress of the situation a lot in the first one. While in this one, one character goes insane and you can tell he's going to do it from the very beginning and it's so obvious when it happens. Um, and like, to me, oddly enough, I felt like this movie felt cheaper than the first one. Which is weird for a remake, like a you know a remake of a property that you know is so old and so well revered. You think that they want to like make it nice, but like the rooms felt cheaper, like the set felt cheaper. Honestly, like I I didn't realize until I went back and kind of looked at clips from the original one, but I thought the room looked a lot more effective and the color choice was a lot more interesting in terms of the rooms. While in this movie, I feel like the colors are the the changing colors when we hinted at, and usually to show show a character's mindset, not necessarily to show the room itself. Um, so I didn't think it was as distinct, really. Um, it just felt very dulled down. Um, I don't know how, how far you want to go into spoilers at this point, uh, but yeah, I, I was I was pretty disappointed. I think when it, when it ended, I, was, I didn't really have any impact, and you know, I, I kind of did was just like, okay, it's over, you know. Yeah, um, just I guess the set design wasn't as good. I, I do think it was a lot better than Cube Three. That's for sure. Oh, yeah. Cube Zero. That's for sure. Uh, but Cube Zero was literally like I don't know they probably cost like a thousand dollars to make it was it was basically student film territory at that point. Um, yeah, the art direction was a little bit different. It wasn't as big. I mean, this must have been a very cheap movie to produce because even the CGI didn't look that great either no. for the most part. Um, but it's always Cube has always had very wonky CGI. Um, if I can think about that. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I guess we can kind of delve into spoiler territory at this point right here. Uh, we've kind of given our suggestions for the first three Cube movies, and this one, I would say, yeah, it's basically the same as the first movie, just a worse version of it. <laughs> so. Yeah. Well, and so, yeah, so let's, let's hop into it. Um, what did you think of our main character? Uh, what's his name? Uh, Goto or y- Yuichi? Yeah, I, I, there's no way I'm going to remember all the names of this act. I, no, I, have, pull, I have it pulled up, don't uh-huh. I? <laughs> okay. Got the long hair. Got the long hair. Our main guy. Yes, yes. All right, so the main guy right there. Um, yeah, so his angle in this movie is that he has a friend or had a friend uh, who committed suicide because he was in a, I guess, abusive home life. Like his dad beat him or something like that. That was kind of the impression I got. Was, was I wrong was on that? Was that his younger or, brother? Or that... I thought it was his younger brother, I assumed. Oh, was it younger brother? I assumed so. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, that does make sense. Okay, yeah, younger brother or friend. I the entire movie I was thinking it was a friend, but younger brother makes a lot of sense well, too. I think that's why he uh, was like he was like looking after the little kid. The little, uh, the little, that, yeah, that, definitely. Um who was apparently um according to Wikipedia, he was supposed to be Kazan, which I don't understand. Um mm-hmm. I don't think Wikipedia knows what Kazan's character was, because um, I don't think the kid ever did anything really smart. He tried to do some math at one point, but I would say he's more that he's more the girl, the young girl character. That that probably seems like a better 
you know, ana analogy, unless they're implying that this kid had a mental illness, or not mental illness, sorry, a mental disability. Um, uh -huh. I don't Maybe know. he had autism, and that's why the predator wanted him. I don't know. <laughs> Imagine if, if at the end he breaks out of the coop, he walks into the light, and the predator just grabs him, decloaks, <laughs> grabs him, and you see him get carried off. That's actually, it's actually a predator. What that is actually is a predator device used to find those people with evolutionary uh, advantages, and they come out of the cube, they use them, then, you know, it's like the proving chamber. You, you marinate your humans until they get, until, you know, you get the right one. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. That's what the predators get off on, is all the hunting shit. Um, but yeah, anyway, so, uh, yeah, so the main character, that's kind of his central character arc on this front, is he feels shame and he feels guilt uh, for his brother committing suicide, and he kind of learns to um, deal with it and, you know, come to terms with it throughout the movie, uh, especially through protecting the other people, including the little kid uh, who is, yeah, the kid of this movie right here. Uh, very Japanese theme. Obviously, suicide is very, very prevalent in Japanese society. So that was that was an easy get, an easy theme, easy character arc for a Japanese um, adaptation of this movie. Um, in terms of what I thought about this, I was very bored with this character like from the second i found out that oh his brother committed suicide i could see his character are coming a mile away there was no surprises there at all I, I i don't feel it was particularly earned i thought it was really cheesy too like the the the, the crux of this character arc is when the kid decides to jump on into a cube that he knows has a trap in it and the main character saves him but the entire time i was just thinking why, why is the kid jumping in there again? I mean, I know he's frustrated at the main character. Is he, like, trying to force him to care or something like that? It's very weird. Well, because I, I, I think they imply that the kid was in an abusive relationship or something, so he was trying to avoid them. Yes. But, like, yeah, no, it was fucking dumb. It was, like, it was one of those moments, like, I think there are a lot of moments in this where they tried to have, like, meaningful moments or, like, big character things, but they didn't do it well, and they, because, like, they kind of forget about them up until they happen, and then they're like, oh, emotional moment, and then, like, gone uh yeah and like i feel like there's a lot of that in this movie like it felt like they wanted to use the, the cube series so they made a cube movie and they're like oh we should throw some character development into these things so they made individual scenes of character development but it didn't really continue on um mm -hmm. and i think like a great it, it, oh, sorry. no it, it every character has their own particular trait like another big theme of this movie too is the older generation versus the younger generation you know, the older generation hates the younger kids, and the kids hate the older generation as well. That's actually the main drive of the villain, or the antagonist in this movie right here. But they're all very one-note. It's like the main character has a brother who committed suicide. Okay, that's literally his defining characteristic. The kid is... It's implied that he's gone through an abusive relationship and he doesn't like to be touched. That's literally his entire personality. Uh, old man is... Um, some salary man or like some higher up executive that's literally his entire character trait it's yeah it's very very one note but i think it's almost badly done too because i think the old man so we, we get the scene where the crazy guy who's the young so the young kid is supposed to be like basically like a, not a neat but basically somebody who like he's supposed to be like a freeloader he's supposed to be like a you know he he is like the like it's actually very interesting commentary he's, he's the bottom of society he's the kid who's working at home doing nothing and is kind of like, uh, you know, he's a he's a he is like a dredge on society. The the the, the kid who goes crazy. He's supposed to be like a nothing kind of guy. Uh, and it's weird because like the old man is just like, I fucking hate you kids who aren't doing shit. And about this kid, he's right. Like this kid doesn't do shit. 
And but he says that, but he also he's not mean to any of the other ones. He's like nice to everybody else. He tries to be supportive of the kid. He tries to be helpful to everybody. Yeah. And like he's pissed that the that the fucking the slacker kid almost gets him killed. Like mm-hmm. he's a very understandable. Certainly so. It's just like yeah. Uh-huh. It's so it's yeah. It's I, so I agree weird. that too. And I'm just like okay. I don't understand why everyone's so mad at this guy. I mean, I. I, I you and I are very well versed on Japanese culture, I would say, like to the point where we haven't lived in Japan, but we've been there many times. You know, obviously, we grew up listening to a lot of Japanese media and all of that stuff right there. I, I feel a lot of the themes that pass by in this movie that they propose, we can understand how it relates to Japanese society at large and the cultural influence on it. But this one, definitely, I agree. Just, I don't, I felt it was very ham fisted. Well, like, I wonder if they're trying to make him like the the wolf or or the 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 red herring of making being like he's gonna be the because you know part of the like you know with in the first one it was that police guy who's like you know trying like who is a gung-ho guy and you know like he gets going crazy like frustrated with everybody but this guy is just like an old man who's like pissed at the younger like you know making like get off my lawn comments about being like you fucking kids like but not in a bad way (laughs) just like you know being like an old man but yeah it just it felt like you know, he felt like a good guy at the end. And it was weird for that, for like, because I, I, I agree with what you're saying, that they were trying to make this distinction between the older and younger generations. But we just had the extreme of this kid who goes apeshit insane. And then we had like the old guy who's kind of like, eh, you know, kids are kind of annoying. And that was about it. Like, so like, even, yeah. even their commentary didn't really work. Um, and then, I, yeah, I kind of get the impression that he was just more of a, yeah, I don't personally particularly like the younger generation, but I do understand that, you know, they are the younger generation and they're going to be the ones who are ruling the world and they're going to be taking it over after our generation passes. So, yeah, I have a personal gripe with it, but I'm not going to make a big deal out of it. Like, that's the impression I got. Yeah. Well, then, and then we had, so we had that, so we have him, we have our main character, who I guess is just like, we don't really get enough to know much about him. I think he is like a, a math guy because he he does math really well. I don't know. He's an engineer or something. Um, they do. There's literally a scene where they go over each character one by one, and then they say what their professional is. I think he was an engineer. Oh, okay. I want to say, um, yeah, that, that's all I remember. And they say we got him. We got uh, and then so we got we have them, and they're all kind of one note. The one character who I did like, I don't know if you feel the same way, was uh, his name was Ide, the guy, the, the mechanic guy. The one who, who who dies, the first one to die, uh, of their group. He's the one with the shoe and everything yeah, like that. The, the one who like knew. He, he's the competent one. Yeah, the smart one. <laughs> the, the, yes. Uh, there you go. Yes. Yes. Go ahead. There you go. You go. Yeah. Uh, no, no. I was just about to say. Um, for him, it, it felt like he was a direct comparison or a direct from the character from the first movie. Like literally, the throwing the shoe on over back and forth. I, I, I felt like that was just a carbon copy of whoever the character he was based on from the first movie, which I don't remember their name, but Well, I remember that guy being a little bit more of like a douche. Like I feel like I feel like that I feel like that guy was kind of the old man to a degree. Like like he was the old man but also that. But I but I feel like this guy, Ide, was also kind of the leadership aspect of the cop guy who turns evil. So I feel like they come they did combine some elements into this guy, but he was definitely the best character because he was like helpful he was kind of like he should have been the main character because i think that there was a guy there was our main guy um in the first one not the main guy he was one of the guys the one who helped create the cube he was kind of the same thing he's the guy like you know the guy the guy he was uh he was um who's that actor who's the guy in the spy kids 3d he's the dude who knows the guy elijah wood elijah wood he's the guy 
He's the guy. He's the guy. Uh, He's Frodo, all right? Yeah. All right, so i got to pause for a second, and i just got to go on a quick little anecdote, because I think it's hilarious. Okay. Um, I think I told you this one before. One of my friends, uh, he actually got to go on a game show, uh, You Bet Your Life with Jay Leno, and uh, which is a, you know, just stereotypical quiz show. You go on and you can win a couple thousand dollars if you answer all the questions right. He was on the very, very final question. Um, the category was something like what uh, famous duos, famous buddies, like Bonnie and Clyde and stuff like that is the answers. Uh, the question for the last category was what was the name of the two hobbits who took the rain to Mount Doom? And he could not remember Sam's name for the life of him. He's just like Frodo and Frodo and... Oh man, Frodo and and then time ran up, so he guessed Frodo and Freddy. And Betty? Freddy. <laughs> Frodo and Freddy. Oh my god. So so yes, and he lost out on about five thousand dollars because of it. Frodo and Freddy. I mean uh, so yes, we make fun of him all the time for that. Maybe we do <laughs> We just like make the meme of Sam just going like I can carry you, Mr. Fro I can't carry the ring, Mr. Frodo, but I can carry you, Freddy the Hobbit. <laughs> <laughs> See, I would love it if, anyway. if like, if uh, maybe when Sam falls into the Mount Doom, he comes out as Freddy and all burned up and shit. Yes. <laughs> uh, there we go. But, uh, Robert England's weirdest role. Uh, but, now he's probably done weirder. I'm, yeah, I'm just saying, I'm pretty sure he did weirder. Uh, I'm pretty sure he played, uh, I'm pretty sure he played, he's also in 2001 Maniac from that character. But, yeah, no, I just, I thought Idea was the best character when he died. I was like, like, well, obviously he's going to die, but again, he also died saving... Because remember, that kid fell into the hole, uh, or that, that room, our main guy saved him, and then fucking okay. the other guy had to hop in to save <laughs> him, too. Okay, now we gotta, we gotta pause and we gotta talk about that scene real quick. So let me set the scene for you, my dear listener. So the kid falls into a hole with a trap. And in this trap room right here, basically, a laser comes out of the walls, sets its sights on whoever's moving around, if there's like a second charge, and then the laser fires... And basically, they have to find their way out of the room to kind of time it so that they move right when the laser fires. Otherwise, they're going to, you know, it's going to track them basically on through. So the kid falls in. It's a slow moment. It's all dramatic-like. And then all of a sudden, the main character comes on in, takes the kid, hugs him. And then the kid sees that there's a laser. And then the kid hugs the main character and then rolls the back around again. And it's like this whole big dramatic moment. And honest to God, I think there was like four or five times where they're just going back and forth of like dodging the lasers. And the kid's just like, no, I'll sacrifice myself. No, I'll sacrifice myself. And then Ide comes in and he's just like, he is there too. It, it kind of reminded me of the Hawkeye Black Widow scene uh, for the Soul Stone in Endgame. Like it, it just went on way too long, and I thought it was ridiculous. It was, it was so dumb. Well, and like especially because all the other scenes, the late, so the two lasers, like a, like a, a scanning laser goes across, scans them, and then from the two pivots of the scanning laser come two beams that join at one point. So it shoots at one point all the time. And the last time, Ide, so they're all dodging around. At the last end, Ide is just standing there, doesn't think to dodge, and it shoots him in two different places. It shoots in the arm uh-huh. and the chest. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, every other time it's shot in the same place. And the last time it shoots him twice. And I'm like, boom. And he doesn't, he doesn't think to move out of the way. He's just, like, standing there. Like, I forget what the fuck he's holding out. But it's it was so dumb. It was such like, a dumb way to see this character die. And, like, such a stupid trap. Like, they could have... Like, if they wanted to do a sacrifice trap, there's other ways to do it. Like, you know, have them push them out of the way of the blade or something like that. But, like, after seeing, like, the, you know, the blade wall, the weird fucking... I don't know what you call it. The, like, the tube of metal that shoots out. It was just, like two lasers shoot him. It felt like a very lazy way to do it, but also just a dumb death for this character who, uh, like, they, 
were able to push other people out of the way of this laser like eight times, and he couldn't just fucking move his body out of the way? Like, what? Yeah. Yeah. And that's one thing that was kind of disappointing in this movie. I don't know if I'm just sadist or something like that, too, but that was the only death by trap in the movie, too, right? Except for the very, very end and the opening scene. Yeah, that's true. Like, I kind of expected more actual deaths in this one. If I remember correctly, the original Cube, and I know Hypercube definitely had a lot more. Yeah, Hypercube had a lot. Um, Cube 1 didn't have that many. There was the guy in the beginning who gets cut up. There was the guy who gets acid sprayed in his face, who was the Ide character kind of in this one. There was uh-huh. the girl who gets pushed out the outside of it. There was the other... Uh, and then um, the other girl gets shanked, the little girl, the younger girl gets shanked at the end by the crazy guy. Mm-hmm. And then the crazy guy gets his arms cut off when the, when the cubes shift. Uh, oh, he gets bisected. He's like, so... Yeah, so... The, that was a great so it, I love that death. It was almost the same number... Uh, but and really only again like only one cube death I think actually yeah only two cube deaths again really so yeah same same number of cube deaths I'd say two or three but yeah it, it was both the the two cube deaths actually all three of the cube deaths in this were really kind of dumb and out of nowhere I felt like like they weren't like mm-hmm. traps where it's like oh shit I'm stuck in a trap it's like boom a, a, a tube goes out through your chest or boom laser shoots you. Or this random fucking metal tentacle comes out of this... Almost like it came out of a different room and stabs him in the chest and lifts him up. Like, oh, weird, though. The first one... So all the other ones come out randomly and shoot everywhere. The first one happens to get this guy right in the chest. That's kind of weird. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I agree. I think the, 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 the traps in this were kind of lame and not as a result not very exciting. I was waiting for somebody to get bisected because these fucking characters always hung out in the fucking middle of the cube sections. Yes! Oh my god, it made me... I remember one time where, like, the main character was, like, in the little entryway between the two different cubes, and, like, they're testing to see how loud the sound can go until the trap is triggered. And I'm just like, why are you literally inches away from the trap? Why don't you move on back? You have plenty of opportunity. What's going on there? You are, like, you're going to be pushed, dude, or you're going to slip or something like that. (laughs) Yeah, right? I was waiting for that to happen. I was waiting for somebody to, uh, to do that. I don't know. And the, and, and the weird thing is, too, the old man death. The old man, I always thought he's going to push him in. That's how he's going to die. He's going to, like, you know, find a trap yeah. and get pushed in. But instead, this guy, this, like, very again, very lanky teenager holds down this pretty, like, you know, not the same muscular-looking guy, but a guy who looks like he'll be able to hold himself up a little bit and gets his face, like, head slammed in into a door, like, 20 times. Like, I don't know. I thought that was, like... Off-screen. Like, yeah, like, that was... Why not have him kick him into the trap and show off a cool trap? Mm-hmm. It just seemed like a really weird, like that would have been the interesting thing to do. But they're like, nope, he's going to kill him with his bare hands. Because that also would have helped the character. Because I think killing somebody with your hands is a huge jump from just sitting and being a normal guy. But pushing somebody off something and having something else kill them is a lot more of like a, a gradual step towards insanity, I feel like. Um, instead of just going balls to the wall, you know, right there and then and there. Um, mm-hmm. Unless we, I don't know, maybe maybe he was Topher gracing it when he was crazy all the whole time, and you know he was the real predator. <laughs> um, I don't know. Um, what other character? Oh, actually, so uh, speaking of our main character, what do you think of the weird room that just showed his brother dying? What, what was the point of that? Was that to try to get him to commit suicide? Was that the trap of the room? Like, what was the point of a room that somehow had his memory of his brother committing suicide? Honestly, I don't remember that room at all. Like, was that... I thought that was one of the memories. No, he, he went into a room at one point. Him, the girl... Um, so it's after they get... It's when they get separated by the wall, the wall that separates them in the middle. So um, old man and kid go into one room, and then 
little boy, girl, and man guy go into another room. And they go into this room, and a wall just shows his brother dying. And his brother's yeah, like... Yeah, I don't remember that his, at all. Like, <laughs> it's really fucking weird. Just a wall, one of the walls shows it. And he's like, huh. And like the other, and the other people are like, oh, that's kind of fucked up. And then he's like, oh, I'm out of here. And goes out into the room. <laughs> and like, and that's, like, that's his like emotional scene. Uh, that or I just had a fever dream. But I'm pretty sure that happened in the movie. Uh, <laughs> and it was just like, okay. Apparently the cube can read your memories and show them to other people. Um yeah, I guess. Well, I mean, for that one, I mean, obviously there are people monitoring uh, the cube, and obviously, as we find out later on in the ending, you know, they they watch them very, very closely. Like they they have a dossier on all these characters, so I'm sure they could find out that you know, hey, okay, this person had a brother, and this brother committed suicide. However, yeah, that exact memory on that exact wall, yeah, probably a bit of a stretch. Like, and from his perspective, like, like, yes. I don't know. That was that was yeah. weird. Um, and I didn't quite get it. Like, I don't, I don't get if like the issue was that he didn't say what he was supposed to say to his brother. Like, I can't remember if he like said like, whatever, man, do what you want, or if he was like, you know, I can't remember what he said to like not make him kill himself and how that plays into later on in the movie. If it plays into later mm-hmm. on in the movie, um, but I don't know. Um, who, who are the other characters? Oh, the girl. What did you think of random? Yes. Of random girl. She was random girl the entire movie until the ending. And like there was no personality to her whatsoever. And of course, very just you know, she takes care of the kid the whole time too. So yep, she, that that kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Does she say a single word? Does she ever speak? She has to speak. No. No? The, the only thing she does is at the very beginning she spoke and she said, you know, uh, what are you people? Not not who are you people, but what are you people? I remember that was a distinct thing because they commented on that. Um and then two, yeah, she does speak up every now and then, occasionally, but it's nothing to drive the plot forward. It's just like agreeing with another character or something like that, too. But she has zero personality to the end. So she's just a plant? Is that what she is? Yeah, so the ending, after uh, eventually the kid escapes the cube, the 13-year-old boy, um, and the girl as well, and basically they're the only two who get to the entrance. And the girl goes bye-bye to the kid and lets the kid walk on over while she stays in the cube. And we're all thinking, okay, why the fuck should she do that? But at the very end, we find out that she's actually one of the people who works for the cube or has been monitoring the people inside the cube. She's basically a plant inside there. And she's also like some sort of robot or Is something. she a robot? Like her eyes... Well, her eyes, like, she has some sort of augmentation in her eyes, and she's able to, like, see the dossier on everyone, and then she basically repeats it at the very end again, where she opens up the door with a whole new set of people and says, you know, what are you people? So I kind of got the impression that she wasn't human, she was a robot or something like that. that that's kind of what I got. Oh, I didn't see your eyes. Okay, that that that, that mm-hmm. sounds better to me. Like, cause I, it was so weird, because at the end, the boy was just, like, nodded at her, like, you do stay, like... It was this weird, like, moment, and I feel like this happens a lot, um, and I, I don't want to say it just happens in, like, you know, like, like, I always, you know, not not from Japanese culture, but I see this a lot in movies, especially the live-action um, films, where there is the sense of, like, a moral or a meaning that is pushed across or something, and it might be because I'm missing it culturally, I don't know, but there's a weird understanding between him and her, the little boy and her, that she's going to stay behind, and he's going to go, and he was okay with that, and it was like, a, he gives her like a thumbs up or something, like a... Yeah, and I I didn't fucking get it. I was like, why is this kid okay yeah, with this? Too. Why is this a weird? I was so confused. Yeah, there wasn't a moment of just like, aren't you coming with me? And she's like, oh no, I'm gonna stay here. And then the kid's so traumatized, he's like, okay, fine, whatever. 
it was just like, yeah, sure, okay, fine, you stay. You want to buy this cube, you sit there. Well, and like, especially for a story, and like, you know, I think part of it, like we talked about, was like reflecting on different generations and societal pressures. And one of the things, and like, you know, like talk to bring it back to generational gaps and how the pressure puts on people. You know, the brother dies because he's kind of neglected and get, you know, he commits suicide. And the other character kind of has to muster the will to live as part of his thing of like, you know, letting his brother die. And there's a moment where he almost kind of lets himself die. Um, mm-hmm. and so I was thinking that this girl was kind of Frodoing it to go back to our thing where she kind of like, you know, cause the end of Lord of the Rings, Frodo feels so affected by what he did that he's like, he goes to the place beyond the fucking world or whatever. And I thought that was kind of her thing where she was like, this fucked me up. I saw people die. I was trapped in a cube and she like, wasn't going to go out into the real world because it fucked her up. And I, and that, you know, kind of resigning yourself to the cube essentially. And I thought for a story about like abuse in giving up and suicide that the strong thing would be for the boy to pull her out of the cube. And that would have been the thing. Mm-hmm. Like, no, you come, it's okay. Like, you know, join the world again, essentially. And instead it's like, all right, resign yourself to this bye. And like, goes out. <laughs> like, yeah, the, very, very weird. there's an opportunity to tell a story or to have some effect on this. And really all we get at the end is that a boy survives. And this woman yeah. is weird. Like it's, it's one of those things where I feel like they were so, and I think and again, like I, I see this, you see this, like, in, to, to draw an, like, an analogy to this in terms of, like, a lot of uh, live-action adaptations of anime films in Japan, or of anime series, um, they'll take the dressings of the anime and completely lose the meaning to tell the story. And that's just not a Japanese thing, it's, you know, it's, it's any adaptation that occurs. And this feels very mm-hmm. anecdotal of that, where they took all the trappings of it and, like, dropped hints that there might be a meaning, or, like, you know, we're like, hey, suicide, and then just didn't talk about it beyond that. And this this movie just kind of really reeks of this. I think that ending really drives that home of like we're gonna have a cool reveal at the end, but it undermines the story. And like, ah, eh, it's a cool reveal then. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's kind of like a checklist, honestly. Just like, okay, this is the societal thing. This is the theme that we want to put in there. No, I, I I do really like the way you phrase that in terms of they get the surface dressing of the anime or whatever they're trying to adapt, and it just they they miss the the subtext below. So. Yeah, and like, yep. I don't know. And then, and so at the end, the boy, the guy's like alive though, right? Our our buddy, our uh, main guy, he's alive. Main character, yeah. What was up with that? Like, he got Christmas treat, right? No, so crazy guy got Christmas treat. We don't see what happens to him. They just close the door on him. <laughs> but he got stabbed like several times, right? I think he gets yeah. He gets, so he gets cut a bunch, a bunch of times, but I don't think he gets like so the so evil guy gets. Like, I don't know how to describe how dumb this fucking looks. Because I swear to God, it looks like it came out of a room above, a different room. I, it, like, I swear to God, this fucking tentacle comes out of the sky, metal tentacle, um, and stabs crazy guy who's beating up good guy. I don't know how to describe them. And trees inside of him. He gets a bunch of, like, you know, veins explode out of him in metal. Uh, and then I think we just kind of see the other guy get stabbed a couple times, and then he's like, go on without me, brother. And the other guys will go. But yeah, I, I assume that either he's in the same room and the claws retracted or he like fell through the floor into the other one something like that yeah it's very very weird um but yeah we have two kickers at the end of the movie not only do we have you know the girl is a plant and she's been monitoring everyone the entire time but we also have to kick with the main guys alive at the very end too and it's it's very weird to have those two kickers so well because yeah because it just means like are they gonna make a sequel where they're gonna come across him i Uh i I guess like that that might be their idea but and then like maybe he'll see her and they'll be like, okay, did, did you is the boy alive? And she'll be like, I let him go. I don't know. I just I just don't see what what the <laughs> point of that. Like it was a. I don't want to see a sequel because to this. Shocking. 
Yeah, I, I, but is it shocking? It's supposed to be more hopeful? I don't know. Because um, the end of the first... No, I, I totally took that as shocking. Like, it was just a plot twist at the very end. Oh, you're alive! Blah, 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 blah. Like, because I, I got the idea that the end of the first one, um, the guy holds the, the police cop back, the cop gets his arms or head, whatever, lopped off when the door closes, uh, and the cube moves, and then he's still in there. But we never go back to him, right? He's just he's just in there, hmm. if I remember correctly. Um, though I think in, in yeah. one of the cubes, they I can't remember if it's Hypercube or Cube Zero, where they say that like after 24 hours, that every, every cube is fucking lights on fire and everything inside is toast. <laughs> oh yeah, no, that was uh, yeah Cube Zero. They basically like sanitize the entire thing. So I, so. So I guess we're just made to believe that guy's dead. Um, yes. <laughs> so it sucks to be him, I guess. Uh, <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, one thing I was thinking as I was watching this, actually, as you were talking earlier, do you think that Saw was inspired by the Cube series? I could definitely see it. Like, it, it, it's, again, a premise of people are trapped, they have to get out of the trap in some way. The only thing about Saw is generally they have to give up some part of themselves, whether it's pain or a finger or something like that, definitely. But this one is just trying to figure out the puzzle of how to get out of it and avoid the traps along the way, too. Hmm. So, yeah, I could definitely see it being that way. I could see it somewhat being inspired by it. Like I feel like what what this movie was missing. I think that what would I would love to see a, a sequel is a Saw esque thing because I, I and not in the sense of like Saw like you know obviously more clever traps, but I think what Saw did a lot is it revealed these characters a lot more and kind of like you know all kind of like as above so below like th- their sins came out and I like that aspect of this where this guy's suicide played a role in what he was doing there or not what he's doing there but what happened to him there, and I feel like it would be mm-hmm. cool to see that more like where where certain rooms are designed for certain people to a degree. Um, if that's what the suicide one was, I don't know, the, the, in the projector room. Uh, I think that'd be a fun way to go. So I like that hint they gave us, but they just didn't commit enough to it to make it interesting. Um, yeah. Because I, I do feel like, I don't know, uh, with that in there, it almost made you think, like, was this a solid situation where, like, these people were in here for a reason and that's why they were captured to, like, atone for something? Because they, like, you know, the, the kids abused, the... Uh, guy let us further die from suicide. I can't remember what Ide's thing was. I know he said it right before he died, like he, all of the characters do. He's like, I have hope, and then he died. Um, I can't remember what his background was, but I thought there might be something about that in there. Again, it was a very poorly developed theme. Um, but I would like to see that. I'd like to see kind of that theme of, I don't know, characters being in there for a reason or, you know, for some development of some sort. I don't know. Yeah, because what, what separates these types of movies, the goods from the greats definitely, is the characters themselves. You you want to see these characters grow, you want to see them develop, you want to see them move on from something. Um, but th- this movie is very ham-fisted. So that's that. Can we take a second, too, to talk about the opening trap? Yeah, go for it. Uh, yeah, so I remember I actually texted you a GIF. Uh, or oh, a yeah, you did. Video. <laughs> And I was just like, you'll you'll understand when you watch the movie. Yeah, the very, very first one is basically um, like this banister, I guess we can call it. No, no, no. Steel steel square, basically. A steel rod comes on in and pales the main character, you know, the one that they kill off at the very beginning to show that, oh, shit, there's actual traps in the cube. Um, But it cuts off like this big section of the body, like this big square-sized section in the torso, and then it slowly retracts, and then you get to see the slow of that square-sized chunk of meat kind of pull out and drop on the floor, and that's that. And the entire time that was happening, I just could not stop thinking about the one scene in Kung Pao where he punches a fist-sized hole or a big hole from the guy, and then the Kung Pao people are just, uh, the narrator's just like, 
wow, I, I don't know how that's possible. <laughs> I mean, like, shouldn't there be, like, organs and, you know, intestines and stuff like that? That's just one big, clean chunk. It's like, holy shit. That's weird. I don't think that's medically possible. What's going on here? Like, that's the entire thing I was thinking the entire time. Because it is. It's just, like, one big chunk. And then, just like that character, he comes back. Except this time, he's not swinging his insides from a chain. <laughs> <laughs> swinging the chains, swinging the chains. <laughs> uh, what a great movie. movie! Amazing film, classic film. So fantastic. Okay, uh, so yeah, definitely. Uh, final thoughts on Cube: Watch Kung Pao, don't watch Cube. Um, see the first Cube, definitely. I think that's a fairly interesting movie. See the sequels if you're interested. Just know there's diminishing returns, and this one you could skip. Yeah, I think if if like I think if you if you see the, the first Cube, there's no point in seeing this. And I don't know if I would if seeing this separately would be better because I feel like I would just I think like it, I think it's forgettable regardless if you've seen other films or not because um, like you know starting off I had a lot of I had a lot of goodwill towards this movie and I was hoping for a lot from it but it just it felt very lazy and by the books and like honestly like I'm looking at this the poster for it and the set design of these of this room with just a cube and a cube and a cube and a cube and a cube like all these little cubes just look so lazy and it's it's unfortunate because uh, I think I, I was really excited for this concept, and I really, uh, and you know, it's, it's. I'm surprised at how underwhelming it was. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this was pretty disappointing. So, yeah. So, but yeah. Any uh, final thoughts on Cube? No, nah, that's it. You know, see, see the first one. Um, you know, we don't. We never even see this fucking the, the trail on the on the cover. There's a shoe with a uh, with a little impaled shoe. Yeah. yeah, we never see that. We never see that shoe because they have different boots. And we never see the little spike trap because um, they replaced the, the trap that is the spike trap, the noise trap, like the, the, the lines going across. They replaced it with that. So, dumb. Yep. False advertising. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> All right, sounds good. Well, uh, yeah, we'll finish up then. Um, again, we're going to try and do Battle Royale for our next episode. You can go ahead and see that hopefully next week, uh, unless we decide to make another one of a detour right real quick. Um, again, you can always go to our social media page, request any episodes that you want, or uh, movies you want to go ahead and discuss, or just general horror topics. We can go ahead and kind of take a look at that too. Uh, opening theme song that is Horror Movie Story by the band Teddy's Atlas. You can get them off the album Children of the Corn. They are good, good Canadian boys. Prey is coming out. Hell go yeah, baby. Pray. When, 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 let's do a Prey watch. When does Prey come out again? Uh, August 8th. Sweet. You took no time. You were just like, yeah, that's it. Well, I, you were confident. I watched the trailer, day. buddy. I think <laughs> I, I'm trying to not like. I don't so like with the new Thor movie. I'm trying to. I haven't watched any of the trailers. Um, I know. I know the general plot because I don't want to spoil it for myself. I'm gonna try to. I don't know if I, I don't know if I can do that with Predator. I don't think I can not watch them. I, I can't. I told myself I wouldn't watch it, and then I was like, but I, I gotta see it. Uh, so hopefully they won't reveal too much. Um, but I'm pretty sure it's all gonna save. It's always weird to talk to people about this movie because I'm like, have you seen the Prey trailer? And they're like, what? The Prey, the movie, the Predator movie? And they're like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> I just keep thinking of um, the video game Prey. That game was uh, great. Not, 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 not the 2006 one, but uh, the new one uh, with uh, Anna Set on the Space Station. I loved that one. Yeah, that was the so good. The Immersive Sin one. That was such a good game. I played the first one too. I wasn't a huge fan of the original 2006 one, but man. I haven't played the wait, what, man, what's, what's original one. Is it, is it, wait, is this a remake of it? Uh, yeah, no, 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 it's, uh, it, it's the exact same, it's just the title, but it's a completely different game. Oh, okay. So the one I'm sending you right now, the 2006 one, that was just a pretty straightforward sci-fi mm-hmm. shooter with a couple different ideas. They had, like, portals and being able to stand on walls and shit like that, too. Um, that was pretty well received. I just thought it was okay. 
Um, but then they made a completely unrelated game of the same name in 2017. Mm. And that one I did love. I really, really liked that one. So, okay. Yeah. But yeah. The only thing in common is the name. Otherwise, they're completely separate. It's very weird. Very, very weird. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening and stay groovy. Bye.